0: The cup of hardened leather slammed down upon a table stained with spilled wine and scarred with the nicks and gouges of a hundred barroom brawls. The hand that gripped the cup was equally scarred, the thick wrist banded with a broad bracelet of coral-studded bronze, as much a defense as an ornament. The hand snatched up the cup to reveal four dice, each showing a different face. The serpent, the dog, the skull, and the dagger. Conan the Rogue, John Maddox Roberts.
1: hello and welcome to another episode of rogues in the house tonight we are engaging in a talk about pastiches pastiches in sword and sorcery with me as always i have matthew and logan how are you doing tonight gentlemen
0: i'm so glad to hear your voice
1: Glad to hear yours. Hear
0: you say that was like made me giddy.
1: It um it was it was fun. I went for an extra, you know, an extra serious really? intro. Since it's been a while, I felt our listeners deserved a, uh, <laughs> a, a a cold a cold open.
2: Yeah, yeah, I feel like you were uh I don't know, you were about to drop some big news on us. <laughs> yes. Like, well, I'm, uh, I'm
1: going to drop some big news. It's just Walter Cronkite on yeah. the scene. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yep. <No.
1: laughs> I don't know, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's just what I went with this time.
2: I'm just here for the pastichery. <laughs> I like my pastichery... Uh, served on a charcuterie board
1: <laughs>
2: a fine wine or like a Savion blanc with my pastichery.
1: Uh, at first I thought you were going with the, uh, like the bad guy from the Mandalorian being like bounty hunting is a complicated profession.
2: Oh, uh, Werner Herzog Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you, thank you Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. See, and I was I...
0: going for Hannibal Lecter and like some fava beans Oh, uh, yes
2: <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I just uh, watched Grizzly Man. Have you seen Grizzly Man?
0: I haven't yet. I've heard
2: of it, but no. It's a documentary about a pretty kooky character who uh, yes. ends up living with the grizzlies in Alaska, and uh, it does not have a happy ending. No, but it
1: doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it does not.
2: It's an interesting. It's an interesting character study for sure. But oh. Werner Herzog's voice, like, I love it.
1: Oh, yes. is he? Is he? Uh, he narrates that, or?
2: Yeah, he narrates it. He's the uh, filmmaker. He directs. Now,
1: now I see. You know. Now I see. Okay.
2: Yeah, he's a film director, but. Apparently only recently he sort of stepped into being an actor, uh, with the Mandalorian. So So I
1: I was told that he actually threw the the gauntlet down on um, the folks making the Mandalorian in that uh, he basically was like, You guys need to make baby Yoda a puppet.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. CGI yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. mean, I almost dropped yeah, like fifteen I read stories, that then I I almost swore like a whole bunch of times, and then I was like, No, no, we just said it was gonna be PG. So yeah that's fine
2: it's just logan and i who cannot swear well we can no no i shouldn't
1: either i shouldn't Uh, i would love to let me tell you i would love to
2: just let loose with every word imaginable about (laughs) that
1: i've got a lot
0: of pent-up swears
2: (laughs) (laughs) i've been living inside for four months it's
0: true yeah you can't see us on this though we each have like eight foot long beards and our hair hasn't been cut for weeks yeah, and if you've ever seen a
1: picture of me, that's a pretty big uh, feat for me to have hair
0: <laughs> at we all. We actually,
2: we actually look like uh, in the Fellowship of the Ring, where they're showing who, uh, to whom they gave the rings, and then you've got the uh, old men and nine rings to men. Yeah, and they have those <laughs> long beards.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's There's only
2: three of us, but we only deserve
1: a few more yeah. days, blobby ring race. Yeah yeah <laughs> so <laughs> anyway <laughs> and so and hey stitches.
2: yeah past and we're stitches. back i mean yeah, hey, we're back it's a been little months. bit i believe our last um our last episode was like sort of right at the beginning of this pandemic
1: yeah, yeah. We're, we're a co- we're a quarterly operation now
2: <laughs> that was back yeah. when like america was totally gonna try and uh Squash that first wave
1: no we did though we won that's true yeah, yeah.
2: well it depends, Man, what, depends what news you're reading but uh, no no
1: we yeah.
2: won. okay all right guys. good i read i read <laughs> the news and let me open the borders back up to you guys <laughs> yes
1: please uh, okay. it's all good here you guys <laughs> uh
2: but on a serious note it sucks um and you know let's uh hope we get on the other side of this thing at some point yeah hey eh?
1: Uh, yeah yes yeah well we won't be leading the charge
0: on that one i don't think
2: (laughs) no comment i (laughs) I think brazil
0: (laughs) i was thinking earlier today um like i feel like i'm comfortable saying we're a real podcast because we're we've been nominated for an award but haven't won and we have a lost episode because there's an episode on the witcher that we recorded in december that has never been released um, oh, yeah. not for anyone's fault. It was just, you know, the world happened. Yeah. And so maybe one day you'll have an episode in the Witcher when the Witcher is no longer relevant. I think that's <laughs> a, like a podcast. When season two comes out, we'll release our <laughs> review of season one. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> like after though, we'll do it like two yeah. weeks after season two. <laughs> everyone is big yeah. Good. And and to be fair, I think that was probably my worst episode ever. Mine. Like I was just, do you remember? I was kind of like raging.
1: Yeah. I'll have to see. I'll try to find the time. I think
2: it was after the the failure of like beyond the monolith. And like, I just, I hated the internet for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, it wasn't a good time. Uh, I think we've
1: gone through since I've, since I've known you, I think we've gone through three or four periods where you've really hated the internet.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's a very. I hate it right point. now. I I can't even believe
1: I'm contributing.
2: <laughs> no, I mean it is. It's it's a mirror, right? You're holding it up to society. It's better to know, I suppose.
1: It, and you're in a bubble. You're in a safe space right now.
2: Yeah, I need my safe space because I'm a snowflake. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man,
2: that's my favorite that's, derogatory term. That is the first
0: time from I've Club. been called
2: that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of irony. I believe there was an article written about you uh, that involved that, Logan. There was.
0: Let's keep um, that close. was by name, but uh, my uh, my entire and I thought it was a fair statement. Um, personally, I wasn't trying to attack anybody. Um, I know I come off as of snarky, but whatever.
2: Bro, if you're not super super manly with your sword and sorcery, if you're not sweating, <laughs> if you if you are not a completely jacked four percent body fat specimen, okay, then I don't even know what you're talking about. Because some people out there are under the impression that, like, it is, like, all about man sweat and, like, a lot of the people I saw commenting, they must have put fake pictures up of themselves because the words they were saying had to come from total beefcakes. Like, basically, the cast of Predator should have been the people (laughs) saying the comments that they were writing. Um... But then I looked at the pictures and I was like, you look like you're about 25% body fat and I'm bigger than you. But you're talking pretty tough. Anyways, I didn't weigh into that one. And uh, yeah, that will no. be a fun Easter egg. You can chase the internet to see if you can find yeah, that we'll article. chase
1: that, chase that internet. We I don't want to dwell top. on the 25% body fat thing. That means a quarter of your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps that A quarter of enough. you is fat. I was, <laughs> I was striking a little high there. It might not have been 25%. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) that's a that's a that's a a high number (laughs) i think
2: that's an arnold insult like i've heard him i think it was in one of his movies he's like you're coming in here with your 30 percent body fat and you're telling me i was like that is awesome (laughs) arnold dropping body fat percentages
3: yeah yeah none of these guys
2: were arnold they all they all look like um you know how in Twins, they talked about uh, Arnold was like, oh, the good parts of the twin, and then there were the leftovers?
3: <laughs> These guys
2: were the leftovers who were commenting. They were saying things like cuck, etc., so that'll probably give you an idea. Love it. Let's Love move it. past it.
1: Yep. Alright, so, so before we get to pastiches, uh, should we do a quick uh, trip to the bazaar? A little bazaar yes. of the bazaar? Oh boy.
2: Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot. We weren't doing that anymore.
1: We don't do that, except for we do it every time. Go! That is your your quarterly.
0: Quarterly, yeah.
1: Quarterly gold dust. (laughs) Um, Um, Who is going
0: first? um, I'll go first. All right. Uh, I've I've got one thing that I think is mildly relevant um, and one thing that is not relevant um, hardly at all, but I still think it's cool. Um, A while back, Alex actually sent me a link to a Kickstarter, which we're all familiar with, um, and it's called Age of Antiquity. Oh, nice. And it's an ancient Earth setting for Dungeons and Dragons uh, Fifth Edition. Now I know that's not gonna, you know, get everyone's goat like it does mine, but I love like Bronze Age stuff. I guess this goes into Roman, but I'm perfectly okay with that. Um, it also has like ancient China, um, but it seems very grounded. It does not appear to me based on their Kickstarter. That they, they've included things like elves and dwarves and stuff in history, yeah. but it does have like a comprehensive list of mythological creatures and gods from Greece and Egypt and Rome um, and all that stuff, which I really like. The art um, is excellent. Totally. Oh yeah, the, the art is like just as good as you would expect in like a Wizards of the Coast published thing. Um, it looks like they also added the Kushite kingdom. Um, The Parthian Empire, Greco-occupied Egypt, the Greek states, Rome, and the Warring States of China. Those are the main factions um, that it goes over. Um, I didn't initially think it was going to get funded because when Alex sent it to me, it wasn't even like a quarter of the way yet. And it still was already like a week in. Um, But it did get funded. Oh, nice. Had um, a goal of $24,000 and made $163,105. Wow. Um,
2: Very nice. Very yeah, good.
0: so whatever they did worked and they caught up and overdid it. Um, so yeah, that wow. might be something you want to look at um, if you like that kind of stuff. I know um, some of our listeners like that history stuff too. Um, I'm sure you could use it to do a D&D brand McMorn if you really wanted to. I know D&D doesn't always jive with the idea of um, sword and sorcery, um, but I, I still think you can make it work. Um, mm-hmm. no, it yeah,
2: I, I I agree. And On that point, I just kind of want to bring it up because I, I often see people say that, like, 5th Ed wouldn't work for sword and sorcery, it wouldn't work for Conan. And I would, uh, I mean, I, I get where they're coming from. Um, I don't. I think the yes. D- well, I, I think the D&D is sort of built toward superheroes, right? You're building your own superheroes, which isn't necessarily a sword and sorcery, but it's just a matter of shaving off the things that don't apply. Right. right? And then just put it like, I I just feel like some people think that just because it's not built for a thing means it won't work for a thing. But
1: is this sort uh, of like the alignment conversation we recently had?
2: (laughs) Listen, we had a very in depth (laughs)
1: alignment discussion like what three days ago, four days ago. We we never argue, but that was probably as close to an argument that we've ever had.
2: Well, listen, as soon as I realized, um, that modern editions didn't dictate alignment, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: uh,
2: then I don't, I don't, I don't want to argue anymore because that was my my issue,
1: right? That was funny.
2: Yep, yeah, it's. That's a whole, that is actually a whole other conversation and, uh, right, right. sort of one that's flamed up pretty well, uh, over the interweb. So, yeah, we'll leave
0: that alone.
1: We'll leave that one alone for now. What yeah. was your other, you had another, uh, piece. I anyway, knew Age of Antiquity. Yeah. Cool. I do I hope did. that they do well, uh, because it looked, it looked really nice.
0: It does. Um, it looks like it's created by Arusian, A R U Z I A N, Arusian Publishing. Um, it was a successful Kickstarter. They got PDFs. They got maps. They got all kinds of stuff because all, like almost all, of their stretch goals are unlocked. Um, from what I've read about stretch goals, those they can bog down production. I yeah, hope you got to be like, so. Uh, yep. Yeah. Got
2: a bit of experience in this field. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so when you guys said it looked like it wasn't going to fund, and then it blew way past its funding goal. Um. I'm only speaking, I don't even, I've never even looked at this. I just hope that they, they didn't overpromise Cause that is, it's a big error and something that, um, companies will, can really, even professionals, I see them do it all the time. I'm like, uh, I know how these work and what you're promising. The numbers don't make any goddamn sense.
1: Yeah, I have a, uh, about a C note tied up in a Kickstarter, uh, that is taking a long time to deliver. Uh, and I think it was maybe a, a similar picture to that. I think they funded what they needed. They overfunded. There's like two other books that are supposed to be coming, and I can't even get the first one.
2: Yeah, I uh, I can't comment on any specifically because I work in the industry, but I have sent private messages to friends warning them away from certain companies.
1: Yeah, it was sure. it, the funny thing is it's the first and only Kickstarter that I've ever funded. And yeah. I went in and I was like, eh, you know what? I had the cash at the time to do it. So,
0: yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Is what it is. Um, my second, mostly unrelated thing um, everyone probably knows this, but the Unsolved Mystery season 15, it came out, slash, is in the process of being out on Netflix. And it is so good. To watch Unsolved Mysteries. I watched it as a kid, and it's the reason I have nightmares about aliens. It's so good. <laughs> so good. But anyway, that was out of nowhere. I know, but I I've, we watched the, all six of the first. Like they were releasing it in two volumes. The first six, and then this next six will come out later this year. Um, and then most of them are like unsolved actual um, like crimes. And I find like true crime stuff fascinating. Um, like even the. Uh, uh, what is it? True Detective season one, mm. like just like and like we've already established that like hard boiled detectives are in the same vein as sword and sorcery. Yeah. Um I've mentioned that a couple times. Yep.
2: certainly the pulp angle.
0: Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that stuff, uh, like something in it, like I haven't always liked it. Um, like crime stuff just doesn't do it for me. Um, but recently I've been so into it. Uh, um, it's just it's fascinating to me. So, so
2: I got a couple things I got to throw at that. One was I only remember one unsolved mystery episode. I mean, I, I watched it a bit as a kid too, but obviously the theme music is haunting. Oh yeah. You will remember that when you're creeping back up the stairs later and the lights are all low or <laughs> non-existent, but there's this one guy, I don't know. I don't remember even what he did. I think he just watched people when they slept. Um, but he, <laughs> I remember he took like a piece of steak from the fridge, like a fresh, like a good piece of steak rubbed it all over his face and then, like, blasted flour onto his face. So he just looked like this weird, white, ghostly person, and then he watched people sleep. That that messed me up a bit.
1: I could see why.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that one, it's funny the things that stand out in your mind, right? But also, like, just just for True Detective for a second, when you brought that up, yeah. I rewatched that recently, and my it is so good.
3: It's, and it's so good.
2: I feel like we've reached the point where, like, people have gotten all, uh, I don't know, like well, it's actually not that good. Yeah, And yeah. actually there's way better shows and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I just feel like people are so harsh on things lately. But I rewatched that and I enjoyed the characters and performances immensely to the point where I feel like as a character piece, man, that's one of my favorites of all time. It was so good.
0: Nice. So good. Yeah. Um,
2: and I yeah. don't want to dog on it later because it's like, ooh, Years later, and now I'm taking it for granted because I find people do that right. They, you know, they just yeah. feel like you look back and now I want to start ripping it apart. And it's like, nah, man, that was good, it was that good. Yeah,
0: what well, really gets me like, I've been doing research, like, not I guess just for fun, I wouldn't necessarily call it like real research, but from the original 14 seasons, 260 of those unsolved mysteries have been solved, most of them from tips after the episodes aired wow and it's only been like a week uh, uh since uh netflix released this and um the five episodes that don't involve aliens have all received credible leads ah
2: and so netflix, what does that tell you huh oh about aliens God. huh? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: aliens draw netflix that's what the tells
2: show me. yeah the show should be called please help us solve these mysteries <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's super
0: interesting. mystery um, crowdsourcing.
1: <laughs>
2: uh we're unable to do our jobs as detectives. <laughs> to help us out.
0: Mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> you really boil it down to it, but yeah, it's good stuff. Um I if you like crime stuff, I uh, check it out. Yeah.
2: So Alex, you're up.
0: Uh cool. All right. Um
1: First off, I got I two small ones. So first off, I want to give uh, old Conan Exiles a shout. During uh, these COVID, COVID times, mm-hmm. I reinvested myself into Conan Exiles on the PC uh, prior to my PC crapping out on me um, and spent, I don't know, 80 hours in it, uh, which, and I, believe it or not, I still didn't hit 60. <laughs> I, I am like the slowest person uh on that game i'm on like 55 or so and i just was like okay i'm done for now
2: that's not uh, on you man that's like goes back to other conversations of like video games are just a time sink it is it's like a huge, I
1: want something I can huge you know, time sink
2: i want something um, i can hop in and out of yes, yes. i know also spend 500 hours total
1: yeah <laughs> like, a, like a conan chop chop yeah <laughs> Yeah, where's that? Uh, but it, no but again that that game is beautiful it really and they've done a lot of nice things to uh, quality of life improvements um mm-hmm. really nails the atmosphere um it, it's actually fun my daughter started playing as well so she, she's 10 so she has to play on um i don't let her play online she just plays locally so i turn up all the experience points and all that and she hit 60 before i did oh, yeah. <laughs> in about five <laughs> hours <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she likes the building you know so she likes to do that part i turned the nudity off too so yeah. it's, it's all, <laughs> uh, it was very very clear on that part uh great game a lot of fun
0: we should get back yeah, to it they, a they put a lot of love into it like the i think awesome. Funcom, more than a lot of video game publishers really cares about the things they put out yeah. and consistently update them um Conan there's
1: supposed to be a big, sorry, there's supposed to be a, a big expansion um, yeah. later this year coming out mm-hmm. for it, too.
0: Um, and even Age of Conan um, gets periodic updates, and that is an old MMO, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of it ties into either Exiles or, um, what's the strategy one? I can't
1: remember. Oh, uh, Unconquered, Conan Unconquered. Yeah, Conan Unconquered. Which um, I also like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, they think they put out quality stuff. They care about their products, I think. Yep. So. Def- oh, they definitely oh, do.
2: Definitely. And um, the other thing about video game culture is that, like, you have a smaller studio and they release things and obviously they're not perfect or grandiose uh, as soon as they come out and then people just poo-poo all over them. But then if you come back to these things and they've had more time with it, yeah, they make it awesome. But it's like... In the industry, you kind of got to get something out, especially if you're a small studio. If you're like Electronic Arts, yeah. mm-hmm. and you pop out a quarter-finished Star Wars game, there's no excuse for you, yep. right? But a smaller right. company on a smaller license, I mean, give them a little, give them a little leeway. Um,
1: but it's also tough because you know everybody makes a big thing about the release. Totally. Right? Yeah. And if you're gonna make a big thing about the release, to some degree, you have to to deliver, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, so there's a balance there. But also
2: something, a game like that that has so many moving parts, I mean you can expect some bugs too.
1: It is. still buggy, but it's less buggy.
2: Yeah. Um, I had a meeting with uh, the guys at FunCom when I was uh, working on the Exiles book for the RPG. mm -hmm. And I could just you know, I could tell they knew their stuff. They cared about it. Because there were certain questions I wanted to ask um, you know, to get into what is the actual story here? Because you guys hint around at a lot of things and you know, it was, it was very clear they did their homework,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which, was, it, which was good to hear.
1: It's great. I will go back to it again.
2: I also heard, yeah. I also got news about a canceled project regarding Conan that was, like, gutting. I can't talk about it at all, but I was like, man, I hope they get to do it someday. Right. Anyways, what's your second part there, Alex?
3: Uh,
1: so my second one is um, going uh, Kickstarter corner over here. Mm. Um, so I found this actually <laughs> just like ten minutes before you came online, Matt. Um, <laughs> if you remember, if anyone kind of harken back to the old game in the '80s, crossbows and catapults. Oh
2: yeah, this yeah, was yeah.
1: this was a game where you basically would build up a plastic castle in pieces, almost not like a Lego set, but basically the bricks laid on each other, and you had a elastic operated crossbow and an elastic operated catapult, and you. The two opponents had uh, two castles. The object was essentially to knock down the castle and I think at some point try to land uh, one of your discs that you would shoot on their treasure, something (laughs) along those lines. Fast forward to today, 7-7-2020. Thumbing through Facebook here, Kickstarter pops up. Catapult Kingdoms, Mm -hmm. uh, made by... uh, Vesuvius Media, a small but mighty Canadian indie game development company Canadian in, in Halifax. Yep.
2: What? In uh, Halifax?
1: In Halifax.
2: Are you serious? Yep. That's I, where I live.
1: I, I, I know. <laughs> I'm going to have to... That's why I'm saying it.
2: Well, um, they're they, going to have done. to know that we're giving them airspace here. I mean, yeah, there's rogues in the house.
1: Well, they're your people. You talk to them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sorry, carry on.
1: Um, anyway, so so this is a, a, cool, a cool little project. It's already... Um, well-funded. I think they needed a $15,000 goal. They are at 266000 um, Who are these guys? What is happening? Uh, they're small but mighty, is what yeah. I saw. Yeah, yeah apparently. Uh, bricks. You get basically uh, 3D-printed bricks, 3D-printed elastic uh, crossbows and uh, catapult. And looks like the object here is to knock over the uh, 3D-printed uh, soldiers that you place on your uh, on well,
2: your hold, castle hold on you do the printing yourself
1: no 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 no, no. i no 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 this is it, it, it's 3d printed in in probably the the prototype uh um, okay. this is the and set you're getting injection the mold yeah no you're getting you're getting okay the set. yes you're getting say, the box
2: they're selling you 3d prints it's no having, no no having sorry i, I would
1: have uh, okay. done them a serious disservice this is a boxed game yeah, yeah it okay. has rules and all that stuff um <laughs> looks pretty cool but it hearkened me back to those days of having uh, crossbow and catapult fights.
2: Yeah, now that you mention it, I saw that pop up on my uh, feed a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, I just scroll right past it. I'm like, get out of here, ad. <laughs> I, so, I see so much board game stuff through my feed, right? Yeah, um, of course. Of
1: course. Yeah. I don't, this one caught yeah. my eye. This one caught yeah. my eye because it's very much. Uh, I had I have fond memories of that that whole game. I remember playing in a friend's. Uh, mm-hmm. basement you know we would we'd sit up we'd line our stuff up and nerd out over that whole thing and he actually had there was this like add-on that you can get with a cyclops the cyclops held the disc and he would chuck it you'd like <laughs> hit the switch and you go and he would throw it at the thing and i was like how did you get such an amazing toy
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's funny
1: so yeah. anyways yeah. uh kudos to these guys uh catapult kingdoms uh vesuvius media
2: well, Alex, if you don't, if they don't fulfill the project, you let me know. I'll uh, hunt them down and I'll if deliver. You you, just, I'll deliver their heads to Boston.
1: If you could just ride your sled dogs over to their house, <laughs> well, that's the only transportation <laughs> to, their, to their yurt.
2: Yeah, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you can get on a moose
0: on the way. Eh?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the stereotypes uh, are true. They're all true about Canada.
0: And there's still
1: time to back this too. Nineteen days to go. There wow. you go. So by the time we get this out, you could probably still back it
0: definitely because i'm gonna get out
1: tomorrow <laughs> wow you're way better at this than i am
2: i feel I like i've messed this up dude. i should have been the one promoting the local project here uh, but takes a guy from boston to do it
1: i'll tell you boston. right now everybody wants to be canadian so i'm just That's i'm just crazy. doing my part
2: <laughs> hey listen don't ever let anyone tell you we get it all figured out because we don't
1: okay Dead dead space. As in, (laughs) that was very ominous. Shame on us too, everyone.
2: All right. And uh, I'm sorry for saying that because I'm Canadian. So I must apologize. Uh, So Bizarre the Bizarre, as as I often do, I kind of get away from the sword and sorcery. Um, I I mean, the only thing that's popping out at me lately is um, I've been playing Predator Hunting Grounds. Oh, really? Um, PS4? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: like, I've heard mixed reviews, but, like, you're the guy that loves Predator.
2: Well, I do love Predator yeah. I deeply. Um, so, it uh, obviously is a license, it attracts me. Um, I played it uh, when I did a preview or an uh, alpha or beta weekend or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. We were called beta, I think, too, uh, Logan, just to add that to the list of things you've been no called. You're beta, no bro. Sorry.
3: According to a guy with a
2: thirty percent body fat, but anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> this ties into Predator. Okay, the body fat is an important thing for Predator. Would be very low, one third
1: of his body. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so I've been oh. playing Predator Hunting Grounds, and uh, it's one of those sort of um, you jump in for a match, asymmetrical. You got four fire team members versus a predator, and. Uh, I would say the reviews being mixed um, are fair because it's, it's, it is an example of a game that does not have a lot of content. It's actually pretty starving for content. However, the tone um, and the setting and all of the little things that matter as far as um, a license are totally there. Um, it feels very much like a predator is hunting you. Uh, or you can be the predator as well and like all the sound effects all of those little things are completely nailed um, and I should be bored of it I should have stopped playing it a while ago but it's you know how we often talk about I don't want a big commitment with this game
3: yep
2: yeah. I just want to hop in um, and so that's what this is and you you unlock stuff and can customize your character and your predators and so it's like you know it's a it's a big draw in that way
0: yep I love that. You know, I did a, see that uh, you can play as Arnold Schwarzenegger.
2: You can. So they they released a skin for Dutch Schaefer, twenty twenty five. So he's like Arnold in the year twenty twenty five, and he's got the voice work in there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So and, and actually they did a really good job on the character model. They got Arnold's voice, and they've got, um, you know, they got a series of like uh, OWLF tapes you can listen to and get more of the story.
0: Oh, sweet.
2: And so, you know, I dug pretty deep into it. And then I even, and this is where it ties into our show tonight, I even purchased the tie-in novel because I wanted something. I really needed something I needed something light, you know, uh, for these COVID times. Um, so I'm reading Predator Hunting Grounds' Stalking Shadows, the tie-in <laughs> in novel, which is... Uh, <laughs> Which That's is awesome. decent, yeah. It's yeah. it's not. It's 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 not. Is that you or me? What is that?
0: Something in it's in your
1: room? Yeah, that sounded like that was a cat. Un- unsolved cat mystery. What it is?
2: It's the unsolved <laughs> mysteries guy with the steak on the face.
1: <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> he's coming to stare at me. <laughs> he's not doing nothing. He's just looking at me. And I'm 37-year-old 30, man, and I can't protect myself. Uh, that's definitely the sound of somebody with steak on their face rummaging through a flower bag. Exactly, yeah. that's what yeah. I heard. Listen, yeah. his his body
2: fat is low. But so is his
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyways, I'm reading this stupid tie-in novel, uh, <laughs> but it you know what? It's fun. It's light. Yeah. Uh, it's accessible, and it's you know. It's not a thousand other books I have to read. And uh, so that's, that's. I feel like a little bit like I'm at a low point.
3: Um,
1: no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I think no. it's a good thing. Like, for someone yeah. who, I digest Star Wars books. Yeah. Like, they're going out of style. So, I mean, I don't know. I I can totally see it. I mean, that is sort of a much smaller IP than Star Wars as well. But
2: Sure. <laughs> but, I mean, and I don't mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, Pooing on the book. The books, are, it's fun. I just mean that it's not my typical fare. Um, but I, I really did just feel like I had finished reading Stephen Erickson, um,
0: which is what I'm like halfway through right now.
2: Yeah, and uh, I just needed a, I just needed a break.
0: Yeah. Now for the Predator game, what would really get me is if they released a city map and you could play as Danny Glover in 2025. <laughs>
1: I, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'd be all about that. Um mostly because I think it's funny that in the first movie it takes Arnold Schwarzenegger and in the second movie it's Danny Glover. Yeah. Like, I like Danny Glover, but he's half the size easy of Arnold all right. Schwarzenegger.
1: I mean it's a problem the predators are a problem for everyone. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. So- Listen, I believe Danny Glover could kill a Predator, and he did, and he did it, and in, in, he kind of beat him in hand-to-hand combat. He, like, yeah, I actually is...
0: like that movie a lot. Um, predator 2 is was...
2: rad. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a lot yeah. going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's but... the
1: time that you see the alien head, too, right? If I remember. Yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah,
2: exactly, which right. actually probably should never have happened because that didn't exactly uh, beget good things.
3: No. The,
2: no. the Predator movie, to me, and... I even like the most recent one, The Predator, which is very much a comedy. And people yes. tend, tend to hate it, but I find it a very watchable movie. But Predators is the big black eye, in my opinion, because they, they set up Adrian Brody. They basically tell you he's super tough, and then he ends up doing what Arnold couldn't do, and he has his shirt off, and he's covered in mud at the end, and it's Adrian Brody. And I'm like, what the hell? I mean, he had very low body fat, but... Very <laughs> low muscle mass, guys.
0: Uh, and, and Marvel recently got Predator in their lineup. So, fingers crossed, Conan versus Predator.
2: Listen, a lot of people would poop on that idea, but I, if we're playing games here, we're having fun in the sandbox, I would be cool with that.
1: They, yeah. they have Predator now? Like, do they own Predator, oh. or does... Or do they? Are they just sort of like crossing?
2: No, Fox. Fox. Uh, Disney owns Fox's assets, other than that awesome news network and their sports.
1: So you're saying that a predator could be a Disney princess? Definitely.
2: Yeah, more likely the alien queen, as the memes go. Right. That's there we go. <laughs> but the uh, but the news that came out this week was that, um, they Marvel has the comic license because Dark Horse previously had Aliens and Predator. And now Marvel does, and of course, half the people freaked out because Disney's the great destroyer, apparently. So it's not a good thing. And I don't know, honestly. Dark Horse did really great; uh, they've done really great comics over the years, but yeah. their release schedule was super spotty. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm not, you know, if I haven't read a book from your uh, new publisher, I'm not really gonna comment on it.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I also. I can understand the whole Disney anger to some degree. Sure, uh, but they own a lot, and there's a lot of things that they haven't. And, and, if, and if you're looking, if you want the super mainstream, like I'll use Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. You may have, you may hate those three movies, but they're still putting out a lot of other good stuff in smaller channels, right? Yeah, exactly. in comics, in books, in whatever. In the
2: Mandalorian, which is like R- something, right? Everyone, right, yeah. You know, it's it's part uh, right. of what. What galls me is that, you know, they're ready to say, These movies suck so bad they ruined Star Wars. First of all, George Lucas ruined Star Wars himself. (laughs) He did that. (laughs) Um and then other people, other creators came in and fixed it in other channels. Um and you got the Mandalorian, and then you didn't say, Oh, well, I guess Disney's okay then.
1: Right. And again, I am
2: not, I'm not like, oh my God, you have to love Disney. But like, let's just be real here for a second.
1: You're gonna hit, you're gonna miss. Yeah, like that's
2: exactly. the way it is. Yep. Yeah. So pastiche. Pastiche. Predator hunting ground, stalking shadows. <laughs> brings us to sword and sorcery.
1: So, so let's. Let, I want to do this first because Kay. there maybe listeners who do, do not know what a pastiche was is or, or was is. Mm-hmm. Right. So, why well, don't one of you guys give a, a a def of what a pastiche is and what it means to I guess to like sword and sorcery.
2: Sure. Do you want to, Logan? I've been talking a lot. Um,
0: I guess, well, to me, I think it's taking someone's ro- world and character and or character. It doesn't have to be a character, but taking someone else's body of work um, and then writing it in their place, I guess. Yeah, what it's about like, tone? Doing it in their tone or not in their tone? Not necessarily. Um, okay. Like I ordered, like as, as uh, Matt has ordered, or has, is reading some pastiche of Predator. I've ordered a bunch of John Maddox Roberts uh, Conan novels to go through during COVID times. Mm-hmm. Um, he does absolutely not um, write in Howard's voice. No. Um, and I think that's okay, and probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, While, well, like, Scott Odin, on the other hand, would write a Conan pastiche for Marvel... Um slash perilous worlds, and um, it is in Howard's voice, or as as uh, close of an imitation to Howard's voice as we're ever going to get, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also think it was probably for the better. Yeah. Um it really right. depends on the story and the author. Yep. Like mm-hmm.
1: So I, I wanted yeah. to just qualify it so that listeners know kind of where where we were coming because yeah. I think to some people it might mean voice as well.
2: And oh, like, totally, and I. Uh, and I th- Sorry, go um, ahead, Bug.
0: I, I wanted to add that because we also talk about gaming, and Alex is more of a gamer than like a writer, like uh, Matt and I. I would argue that a lot of RPG is also pastiche, especially if you're like in a pre-existing um, uh, like world. Like if you're D and Ding in Forgotten Realms, like you didn't write Forgotten Realms; that's someone else's stuff. You're just creating sure. a story in the Forgotten Realms. Thank you for including me in this conversation. I appreciate it.
1: Well, <laughs>
2: well and as a uh, writer who has contributed Conan pastiche to both role-playing games and board games, Logan, I have to agree with your assessment that <laughs> that, too, is included.
0: As uh, Robert Jordan might write in a Conan novel, huzzah! Yeah. So,
2: But that's the, No, that's a good point, uh, probably to bring up Raider right to the Gate, Alex, and I would echo what Logan says, is that Maddox Roberts, I think he writes... Fun stories, not in Howard's voice, and they work. In some cases, it's a little too um, maybe fanciful at times. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know, yeah. But whatever. I mean, he's he's still telling a good story. The novels have a good arc. Conan seems fairly Conan. Um
0: O'Fifit also does a pretty good job. Um, yeah,
2: I did. I actually haven't read his, but I've I've heard that. Um, but I I want to say too that that is the thing with Scott Odin is um and i would never call scott an imitator but when it comes to his writing uh conan and and using howard's voice he really does a good job without seeming uh like he's trying too hard or he's you know he he just you can tell that guy studied howard deeply
1: that's Um, where it
0: comes from he's a researcher yeah um he researches so thoroughly that it comes through in his writing And if you are just joining us or whatever, we do have an interview with him in a past episode, and you can find that story in the Savage Sword of Conan run um, through Marvel. Each part shows up in a different comic. So,
2: yeah, which is, I mean, and that's another thing I want to just hand over. Like when people poo poo on Marvel, the fact that that happened and they included these pastiche stories. Serialized in a comic, like that's awesome, and it deserves some props for doing it, especially when you're rooting it back to the source material of the character, right?
0: Yeah, and like one of the one in um, uh, Conan the Barbarian, the new Conan the Barbarian run is uh, written by, gosh, the guy who wrote Conan and the Emerald Lotus.
2: Hawking, John C. Hawking. Yeah.
0: Yeah, who was also one of the more highly regarded, although he only had one which supposedly will be re-released by Perilous Worlds and a sequel sometime in the future.
2: Yeah, and I suspect it will. Publishing Worlds just kind of... Oh yeah,
0: everything sucks right now.
2: Yeah, and that was a a great story too. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say that Hawking's novel, Emerald Lotus, uh, Wagner's Road of Kings, uh, some of the Maddox novels that I read, those are all solid. I didn't care for robert jordan and someone commented um on our page earlier that maybe it was on conan gaming group but that he felt that conan was sort of just a sneering misogynist i think is what he said um which in in the robert jordan one uh, oh yeah yeah
0: um i could I, see that
2: um, he it seemed like conan just sort of enjoyed the fact that like women were getting embarrassed or shamed and Um, I don't have, uh, examples to sort of draw from at the moment, but that was sort of my impression as well, was that, like, the stories were good, they worked, but I didn't really feel like he understood Conan, you know?
0: Yeah, I feel like Robert Jordans are very 80s. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Like, it's it's just, they were written in the 80s, they play, like, a 1987 knockoff of Conan the Barbarian 82. Yeah. That's what it is, but, but... I enjoyed them for what they were. They're cheesy most yeah. often. Um, they're fun enough. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I can see that.
2: If I'm going to um, read... Uh, sorry, Alex. The last thing I'll say before I shut yeah, up no, for a minute. I'm um, if I'm going to read another Robert Jordan Conan, I'm going to read the Conan the Destroyer. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think it's yeah, I, it's an adaptation, but I think it's also an extrapolation. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, uh, it's
0: based on the comic book.
2: Yeah. Which like- is
0: based on the original script, which isn't the movie.
2: Right, so, so there could be there could be some fun in there. Yeah, yeah. On that note, enough talk.
1: <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> uh, Scott Owen had actually replied uh, to our. He three. did. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you want to cover what he was saying there. Um,
2: uh, I believe I did, or no? He he was yeah. He you actually did, Alex. He was talking about um. He was talking about sort of oh, the skirting researcher. the line, but yeah, or, or skirting the line between um. Imitating the tone and the voice, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, the character itself, I think yep. is what he's saying. Yeah. Yep.
0: Um, Which, he uh, actually replied and answered his own question, not as, like, from a place of, um, um, like, like, self-confidence, but because he likes to talk about this stuff. Um, he does say, for myself, I think a work has to imitate the style of the original to be termed a pastiche since that is the meaning of the word. If you utilize characters and settings, but decide to write in a different style from the original, then to me that's fan fiction rather than true pastiche.
1: Right. See, I saw that. That's why I wanted to make sure that we qualified, uh, because to some, that tone is all... And that is the truest definition of pastiche.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yes. And that's I think fair. what we're saying is a more, a more broad, a Scott Odin fan fiction approach to pastiche. Right,
2: and and ultimately, too, uh, tone, pastiche voice is going to be so subjective it's hard to sort of nail down whether you've done that or you haven't.
1: Uh, that's true, too. For,
2: for me, uh, pastiche actually is fan fiction that has been accepted by a publisher and by the rights holders, and uh, yeah. they've said, go. Mm-hmm. I
1: agree. <laughs> Can- so. Canonized fan fiction. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, I, I mean... I think what we're talking about with pastiche is probably broadly speaking about stories about an existing character
0: or setting um,
2: that aren't by the original author. Yeah, exactly. Or setting. But yeah, that's an important distinction to make for sure.
0: Um, I know we talk about Conan a lot because he's the like main sword and sorcery like foundation block. Mm-hmm. I like to call. It. Um, but there were a series, there were four series of age of Conan novels um mm. based off the age of Conan uh, MMO. Um, I liked three out of four of them. The Stygian one is the weakest by far, but the Sumerian, the Aquilonian, and the Pictish ones are all pretty good. Um, for that kind of like, if if you need to scratch an itch for a for a knockoff Hyborian novel, or a Hyborian Age novel, sorry, um, but uh, yeah.
2: Well, and I think we've said before too. And I have a few of those books on my shelf. I haven't uh, I haven't find the t- found the time to read them. I'm too busy reading Predator Hunting Ground novels. <laughs> but Stalking
0: uh, <laughs> shadows.
2: <laughs> Stalking shadows. But uh, I, the thing that's attractive to me about them is the fact that there's Conan's not in them, right? He's probably mentioned um, in He past Shows him. up
0: in a few, especially the Aqu- Aquilonian one. Um, that makes sense. They mention him in the Sumerian one. Um, he shows up in the Aquilonian one in each novel, but only for a wee bit because he's right. king.
2: So it's um, more so. You- yeah, it's oh, more okay. so the sam- yeah. the sandbox of the world, right? of like the Hyborian sure age. That's, that's the more so.
0: In the
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that to me is, it's not that I don't want other authors to tackle Conan directly. It's just that I feel like we had decades of that and there's just a lot of cool new characters. One might generate in the very cool setting that mm-hmm. Howard created. In yeah, yeah. So awesome. I'd like to see more of that.
0: I feel like there's a point where a hero's life can get so cluttered that it's unbelievable.
2: Like,
0: every day (laughs) is a new adventure, when I don't think that's what Howard necessarily wanted.
2: No, I feel like Howard laid it all out as he wanted to. He he basically told the most exciting and weird stories. Right. Um, Not to say there's not a bunch of things you could fill in there, which obviously we have and do, but yeah uh there, there becomes a certain point where it becomes a little unfathomable
0: right right um so we have a couple other questions well maybe not a couple but we've got a few um so what about the camp or carter have you guys read any DeCamp camp or carter yes have you yeah. read any of their novels that are based on fragments or like repurposed Elborak stories?
2: Um, yes. Yes, actually. Uh, one I I really kind of liked was I think it was The Flame Knife. Oh, yeah. That's the
0: pre Doom. Yeah. El Borac. Based,
2: that's an Elborak story. Yeah. Um, I like that one a lot. And I mean, obviously, it's hard to screw up. You know, you're just kind of. And Conan. Yeah, and I'm not familiar enough with the original story to, to really tell the differences or whether they've done a good job of, uh, what, like trans, transplanting yeah. the, the sort of uh, story. But I remember liking it a lot. It was nice and short. Um, and there were some great illustrations in the version I had by Esteban Murado. Um, so I thought that one was good. And I think that was de Camp who sort of cobbled yeah. that together.
0: Um I I kind of like the repurposing of stories from other Robert E. Howard characters because mm. I feel like that kind of plays into the cyclical nature of history mm. that Howard really had.
2: That's yeah, a like, very good point.
0: Yeah, I like I mean this is all just like I hate to use the term headcanon, but like I think it's interesting to think that Cole and Conan and Solomon Kane and Elborak were all related somehow, whereas Bran yep. McBorn was related to Bruel from Cole's time somehow.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Maybe
0: even. Um, uh,
2: what about Gonar, right? Yeah, yeah. Gonar the Ancient Pict, who's sort of in Bran's time and Cole's time, and there's a bit of implication that he's in fact the same man. He's just ageless.
0: Right, right exactly. I'm
2: glad you brought that up because. Uh, <laughs> I just finished uh, writing a bunch of flavor text for the Shadow Kingdom expansion um, for the Conan Monolith game. So Cabinet was good enough to let us use uh, the cull material for the Conan game. Um, And I just kind of went wild on that and essentially wrote my own little pastiche arc. Um, And there's a few Easter eggs in there where I've done exactly what you've said and touched on the... um, the cyclical piece
3: yeah. where
2: there's certain I actually have call utter the Conan line about the nature of reality <laughs>
3: <That's> um
2: <cool. laughs> back, back in his time and then Goner kind of nods and sort of uh you know kind of laughs about it as if he's all-knowing and somehow he knows that this is something someone else might have said as a timeless man
1: what level sure. of approval do you have to go through for that like to get You know, once you're done writing it, I'm sure it gets edited to some degree, but is it basically just like, yeah, that's good?
2: Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I'm not putting out any kind of canon, you know what I mean? So what we do for the board game and the intros and the flavor text, uh, there's no friction there. Um, And a few occasions, I actually just, if there's something I'm doing where I'm like, "Uh, I should probably check with the folks, I just private message uh, Fred or whoever. Um, Right. And just to let them know what i'm doing um but yeah i mean that's that's incredibly you know that's a lot of fun to do yeah. um and but you do feel a bit of like weight about it that if you really screw it up or do a terrible job people are gonna uh, respond but because i'm also sort of sneaking it into a board game you know it's not the same right. sort of uh, scrutiny you'd receive in a novel or something right sure yeah.
1: Um,
0: oh. On the same note, I do not like the uh, DeCamp and Carter uh, stories and pastiches that are based on fragments mm. or um, ones they made up on their own. Like, for example, I think the most notorious is Conan the Liberator.
3: Yeah, which Ugh. yeah.
0: But it's... <laughs> is actually a pretty decent story up until the last few chapters mm. when they introduced pudgy-bellied satyrs with uh, pan flutes yeah. to uh, help Conan take over Aquilonia, yeah. um, which is just out of left field um, and completely Be- is it, bizarre to me.
1: Does the does the body fat percentage worry you? <laughs>
0: yeah, it does. <laughs> it's easily 30%. We're,
1: we're really good
2: at callbacks on this show. <laughs> yeah, we really are. <laughs> Uh but Logan, I have a couple thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I got a lot of thoughts on yeah, this. Yeah. I feel like no, I'm please. sucking up all the oxygen. No, but, you're good. Um, uh, so in a few times Howard mentions in various stories across his, you know, not just Conan, he mentions a few mythological characters, you know, he mentions harpies and goblins, etc. I yeah. feel like one of those guys, whether it was DeCamp or Lynn Carter, was like, Yeah, all right, let's get literal and pop one of those in there, right? that's it Howard has put vampires in there and he's put sure. werewolves in his stories so it's not that um, it's not that unthinkable but obviously the execution of that is just weak and, and I think
1: that's the big thing it's the execution it, it yeah. is yeah
2: I think that's part of I think that's probably the whole thesis here is that you can do whatever you want well no but you can do a lot with pastiche if you if you really nail the execution
0: mm-hmm and, like, uh, I do relatively like Conan of the Isles because we know that Ka- Howard had meant Conan to leave Aquilonia and go on this adventure to, like, whatever um, is, like... To the North West. America.
1: Yeah, yeah, to exactly. the West.
0: But parts of that with, like, crystal swords and Aquil- or I mean, Atlantean, like, scuba gear... Is just it's right. too much.
2: And did we like, find a lot of people who are very seemingly Eastern rooted? I don't know if I'm, yeah. if I'm remembering that properly, which yeah, is yeah. funny for the West, but whatever.
0: And conversely, um, I I hate all the stories that like the comics make with Conan's son Khan. Yeah, I'm not I hate that. Conan's son. Like
2: yeah.
0: Howard was explicit in a letter that he didn't want Conan to have a dynasty.
2: Right, but I'm not but sure he
0: had a legitimate kid with Zenobia. Yeah, and I think those are lame.
2: Yeah, I don't want yeah. to see a legitimate Conan son. Um, yeah, no, I mean you know he's had bastards, but like yeah, yeah, that's not that's not the tale. In fact, you know what I really really wanted. Speaking of uh, Conan the Liberator, when Timothy Truman was writing for King Conan the comics for Dark Horse, I was mm-hmm. really hoping that um, he would be hired to do the Liberator story or the Usurper story, right? Where oh, yeah. takes the throne and sort of not a definitive take on it, but like
0: a better one?
2: Yeah, like <laughs> a good one. Because well, that hasn't happened I as far wrote, as, as, the road far road as of
0: Kings, I know Um and I haven't read it, but is it not him taking over Aquilonia?
2: Road of Kings? No, I don't think. Um okay. uh, I mean it's been years and years since I've read it, but yeah, that's not about him usurping okay. the throne or anything. No, okay. it's not to my knowledge now. That's
0: fair. I haven't read it. It's really expensive on Amazon. Um, I'm not about that life. I'm poor.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not worth a really expensive. Yeah, play.
0: yeah. Um so. maybe
2: before we move on to other pastiche ideas, I will say there are some gems in there, even from de, de camp and Carter. Like, I love the curse of the monolith. I think that is a
3: super.
2: I think it's in uh, the old uh, collections. It's like part two, uh, the same one with Frost Giant's daughter. Sure. But uh, it's a super. It's a rad one. I think he's like near Katai, and he uh, he's wearing his you know his plate mail or sorry his his harness, and he goes near this monolith. And he basically gets stuck to it, like magnetized to it. And he's like, uh-oh, I'm stuck in my armor and I'm magnetized to this monolith. And then you have this really weird fiction part where this sort of green jelly is slowly descending on him to like kill him. Um, and I don't know, man, that had all the hallmarks of a weird tale, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was a, I thought it was a super cool story, and I've always I've always liked that one. But I think it was actually a rewrite of another Lynn Carter story because Some of his stories, um, he did that with Conan. I think DeCamp maybe hired him for it. I don't know. My research on this is strong. but Yeah, so, I mean, there's some gems.
0: um, Thing in the Crypt, which is basically that scene in uh, Conan the Barbarian 82. It's Mm -hmm. based off where he finds the sword. Like, originally, the skeleton was supposed to come to life, and he was going to fight it, but it looked too bad. Um, Yeah, I'm glad
2: they did not do that.
0: Yeah, oh. they just couldn't so yeah, yeah
2: much cooler just to sort of hint at it that this thing yeah. may have had a little bit of life left. And they <laughs> did that scene in the uh the nineties live action series too, and the mummy it had like six arms for some reason. <laughs> it's like what is what the hell?
0: What is going on? Krom, <laughs> um, indeed. Crom. <laughs> uh, so Yeah.
2: Yeah, Do you have Um, other questions? uh, There were a few. uh, I saw some good good comments pop up.
0: um, There's one that's not, I guess, not necessarily Conan related. Um, uh, Chris Axe says, I welcome your thoughts on Steve Dilk's Gunther novels as modern pastiche. Um, I've actually read them. I enjoyed them, but I would not consider them pastiche because it's not in the Hyborian age, and it's not Conan. Um, I'm interested to see why he might think they're pastiche. Obviously, we have different definitions, which is fine. I just don't know.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can't comment on Steve Dilk's stuff. He and I used to be uh, sort of... We used to admin... uh, um, a common Facebook group, and things didn't go well, so... Sure. I'm not going to tarnish somebody's name online. Uh, I will just say that I can't really weigh in uh, objectively.
0: Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um,
2: but, you know, power to anybody who's putting no sword and sorcery in the traditional sense. I mean, that's good.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it has a lot of Thundar the Barbarian vibe to me. Um, which I like Thundar, but I wouldn't consider it. I love uh, me some Thundar, That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, you
2: guys do. You love Thunder. Yeah,
0: Thunder's really good. Um, I think in some respects it's better than He Man, just not as well like known. Yep, mm-hmm.
2: I agree. Was yeah. it, it Hannah Bar? Was uh, Thunder Hanna Barbera?
0: Yeah, uh, I, think I think so. so
2: yeah. I yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Trying to capitalize on the Conan slash Star Wars craze because his sidekick is obviously a Wookiee.
1: Yeah, and he has a, a sunsword, which is obviously a lightsaber. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> they weren't hiding
1: it. <laughs>
2: ah, man. Listen, the 80s. You know? Yeah, the 80s. Never going to be a that, time like a that That's a pastiche again.
1: and a half right there, if you want to yeah. <laughs> get into it.
2: I um, mentioned to Alex before the show that... Uh, because we've we got a bit of a running joke about Willow on this show and how we love it, and Scott Odin hates it because he has no soul. But, we'll move <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's, uh, there are Willow novels actually by by get this I think it's George Lucas with Chris Claremont, and if you know Chris Claremont, that name he wrote a lot of X Men comics back in the day.
0: Yeah, And if you're interested in this stuff, there's a Goodreads group called Sword and Sorcery, an Earthier kind of fantasy, I think is what it's called.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, S.E. Lindbergh's uh, yeah, group. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, yeah. Seth
0: Lindbergh. And yeah. uh, one of their more recent ones was a reading of movie like adaptation novels. Mm. So there's like a thread that involves the Willow novels and like the Krull, R U L L adaptation. Um, so why everyone thinks a chakram is a glaive? Um,
2: <laughs> that's the nerdiest thing that was said. Right. It's
0: <laughs> a lot going it. on
1: right there. I love it. Willow had a video game too back in the day. Yeah. It had a, it
2: had like a pretty sweet looking arcade game yeah. uh, do you remember that I do yeah yeah Ooh. and uh and and actually I saw another news story recently that said um, for willow they're actually off scouting locations good which I can only assume is in New Zealand because New Zealand is like the only covid free place on that's
1: where that's where you go for yeah. hobbits and well that's no, no I mean. viruses it's,
2: it's awesome for filmmaking and uh, I just feel like that place is gonna like hmm Roll it in. It's gonna become the next world superpower. It's gonna be New Zealand.
1: Yeah. The, we have the uh, money. The Willow Arcade game was very much a like side scroll beat 'em up kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of had like, like that um, like a golden axe, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's got a wagon chase on there.
1: Yep, of course, which, naturally.
2: Actually I gotta bring this up. So I, I finished this essay about uh The Conan movie retrospective, um, which hopefully be published soon. But uh, (laughs) I I made the connection that Conan uh, 2011 totally has that awesome wagon chase sequence that that Willow does.
1: Uh, (laughs) That's crazy.
2: I I used it as ammunition to throw back at the people who are trying to tell me that Conan 2011 is more Howard (laughs) than than the others. (laughs) <laughs> was it was it the sweet wagon chase scene from Willow that made you? Oh, come <laughs> on. It's
1: more Howard? It's not like they had a baby in the wagon.
0: Any wagon chases.
2: <laughs> there was no daikinis, okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, so I'm actually actively on Facebook watching our comments, and uh, Dane O'Barr just wrote, Why do a lot of Conan pastiche writers aim for novel-length stories? Um and I'm going to extrapolate that because there are also Brand McMorn novels, Red Sonia novels. Um, there are uh, what? That's a good question. It's a good question T-T- Brian, or whatever. Yeah, that, that uh, I think it's, it's a
1: financial answer.
2: Exactly. It is. I think it's, it's a good question with a with an easy answer. It's yeah, just, but it's a really good,
1: it's a great observation because yeah. I mean yeah. probably a lot more pastiches will be uh, better accepted in mm-hmm. a shorter form. Yeah, right? I think when yeah. you're trying to fill in the pages, uh, maybe you make some poorer decisions, or or you're you get lost in the execution a little bit.
0: Yeah, and ultimately, I mean the truth.
1: So,
2: sorry, go ahead, Logan.
0: Oh yeah, I was gonna say ultimately, I don't like you can't sell a short story by itself in no. like a physical copy. You need an anthology, but, and that requires you to have a bunch of authors willing to write a Conan story yeah. uh, or a brand Morn story, um, which also becomes difficult. So
2: even those, as I understand it in the publishing world, like even like Joe Abercrombie and Mark Lawrence, you know, guys who are doing, you know, pretty well uh, in modern times for fantasy, um, they just don't, short story collections do not sell as well as right. as novels.
3: Right. Um, a a that's my
2: understanding answer. anyways. It's a financial um,
3: answer.
2: It is. It's a financial thing, but it makes a good point that especially with something like Conan or howard's tales i feel like it would be it would do a great service if you even got a bunch of noteworthy authors yep. got them to write hyborian age stories in their own voices yep like yeah. i would i would eat that up with the awesome
1: i would kickstart that yeah yep. <laughs> I would kick so, start. like
0: not, not that this is pastiche at all but there is a book that i've been eyeing for a long time it's called rogues and, I have it, actually. Uh, do you have it? Yeah, it's yeah. got Patrick Rothfuss, Joe Abercrombie, Neil Gaiman, Scott Lynch, and George R. Martin, among others in it, and they yeah. are short stories. Um, and they are also can- canonical in, like, the First Law series or um, the, yeah. the, the Game of Thrones universe. Yeah. Um, but I just, like, sort of, uh, short stories, Just I don't think they draw as much attention. So, so
1: that's the, uh, the Thieves' World. Thing right, so mm-hmm. what you're describing is a little different, but Thieves' World was like a whole bunch of authors got together and basically short storied into a novel, right, into a book, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, a short story collection and shaped the world. Like, I love that, I would yeah, love that's... to see that. I would love to see a Hyborian, yeah, I like and... that
2: too.
1: I would love a Hyborian non Conan uh short story collection and do that every year, whatever, I don't care, yearly, yeah. every yeah. other year.
2: I believe um, one of our previous guests, Michael R. Fletcher, um, I think he was—he did something like that with a few other uh, "quote unquote" grimdark authors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they had—it was basically all focused around this same tavern or something called the Leaky Bucket. Um, I've not <laughs> read it. I don't know what became of it. I just remember reading posts about it. So I would say there's still interest um, in doing that sort of thing.
1: I think that's cool. I really it, like that. Yeah, you know, it's very
2: cool. And yeah. I think maybe Rogues in the House might do that sometime, eh, Logan?
0: Yeah, I would love that. Um, Didn't we already? I
2: think that's we still, did. Uh, <laughs> Except my story takes place in my fiction. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah, a that, shared fiction.
0: Uh, um, since Alex mentioned Thieves World, uh, Janet E. Morris, who, from my research, um, I believe, is one of the, the, the original... Um, people who worked on Thieves' World is right. still writing stories set in that universe. Yeah. Um, so uh, y- that might be someone worth looking up. I have not read any of these Thieves' World, but Alex has mentioned it a few times, and he likes it so. Alex yeah, has not, good taste.
1: There's a a lot there. I've only read the first like one or two, uh, but good I just again that that shared world is really cool to me.
0: Yeah, um,
1: it's very cool. In fact, actually. Get, stepping out of uh, sword and sorcery for a second, uh, George R. R. Martin uh, sort sort of curated a shared world prior to um, any of his fame with um, Game of Thrones, uh, the Wild Card series. Yeah, yeah the superhero one. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I would. And what's funny about that is that is something that I knew of George R. R. Martin like growing up. Mm-hmm. I knew him, and and I was a, a fan of that series uh, at the time. And, and then, of course, he blew up for something else. But I always thought wild cards is pretty cool. Again, well, different it's, authors, shared world.
2: No, but it, that's actually fascinating to me that you have um, a superhero theme in prose with no art. You know what I mean? Superheroes, yeah. for me, are all about... I don't even want to think about superheroes without the visual element.
0: I've not, actually noticed that superhero novels... Are yeah. fairly popular now, and I'm gonna yes. assume it's because the rise of Marvel's like Avengers series. Well, um, that
2: and and coupled with parents wanting their kids to read books that don't have pictures in them, and it's hey, a good it's, hook to have a Spider-Man. Guys,
1: guys, those things have always been there, though.
2: They which, have. You're right.
1: They're just you're probably more attuned to it now. No, um, okay,
2: I had I had a few back in the day for the reason I just described. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. When you're besides, when you're a kid too, you're like, oh, sweet, I can read about Aquaman. But no one no, said no one ever. Uh, but <laughs> Batman. <laughs> now,
0: on, on the superhero note, um, <laughs> I have this out <clears throat> fairly soon. Um, I believe Rogue Blaze Entertainment is still um, um, taking submissions for a superhero short story anthology. Mm, cool. So, if any of you are writers and have superhero stories, um check out rogue blades entertainment um and i i
1: actually love it like i i would read those i would read um non art driven superhero stuff yeah Absolutely. totally
2: and i'm just to be clear i'm not pooping on it i guess what i mean is i see that solicitation come up from rogue blades and i'm like i got nothing yeah this is that a personal for me i'd be like and he stood there in one leg was popped out in front and another in back and there was foreshortening <laughs> and it looked awesome and his cape was flowing as if Todd McFarlane drew it. You know, <laughs> <that would> be- <laughs>
1: the um, um, wild cards though was, it was interesting because it wasn't like a pure, it wasn't like a uh, golden age superhero sort of thing, right? Like basically a virus an alien virus gets released on the earth or I I think probably centralized in Manhattan and kills a whole bunch of people. And you either, uh, if you lived and were exposed to it, you either became some sort of a mutated weirdo, otherwise known as a joker, uh, or like a true superhero type, which was an ace. And most of the stories talk about like jokers who don't really have powers. I mean, they do talk about some aces too, but like you might just be like, a dude with an elephant trunk, <laughs> right? Like, interesting. like that's pretty,
2: yeah, that's, that's pretty and, cool concept. And,
1: in jo- and Joker town becomes where like all the rejects go. And, you know, it's just sort of, it's almost like, uh, like crime, like a hard boiled crime story a little mm. bit in, in some ways. Um, and you're just sort of following like elephant trunk, man, yeah. you know, solving a crime or something like that.
0: This um, is interesting to me. Um, cause like, I don't tell my students, that I have a podcast very often. There might be two of, like, previous students that know I do this, um, just because I don't want my personal life to bleed over, but I mm. had this one kid, and I know he listens sometimes. Me and too. <laughs> he, he came up to me one day in class, because he was a, he's a big fan of Spawn, and he was like, Mr. Whitney, have you ever heard of the Wildcard series? Because I guess they also have comics, and he yeah. loved wild card series. Yep. Um, so oh, that's the, how I... had. Are had,
2: the Image Image Comics wild cards in those novels the same thing? Because I... That just like,
1: sure, honestly, that i just not sure, honestly.
2: That just knocked a light bulb in my head there.
1: Yeah, yeah I don't know. It could huh. be. While huh. I'm huh, huh, Googling huh. now.
2: If only there were some huh. way we could figure uh, out that answer.
0: It looks like Image Comics also does Walking Dead. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. They're so very, over very happy over zombies,
2: too. I'm sure.
0: Um, but I mean, you could be right. Um, I hate to diverge too much from the topic. Uh,
2: yeah, no, so, that's, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, um. Yes, just like Image Comics did do wild cards. Well, wow, you Google go. way better than I did.
2: You were probably on Bing.
1: I, <sighs> Shoot, you, you cracked crack okay. the secret.
2: Isn't that the worst, man, <laughs> like when like, something no. just changes your browser to Bing and you're like, I, oh, I can't get it back. It doesn't matter what I do.
0: I used AskGees.
2: You love Bing?
0: I do, because if you sign up, it pays you to search, oh, and then goodness. it gives you points, and you can buy Amazon gift cards. Oh, Logan. <laughs> That's how I buy all my like Conan pastiche. Come on, man.
2: <laughs> like, that's God. how I got all these free VHS tapes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Dr. Yeah. <laughs> Bing. Oh,
2: that's funny. Did you guys know there is a collection of Elric pastiche tales by various <laughs> authors?
0: I
1: had yeah, I, so I was I was hoping that someone would bring some I didn't know that, but I was hoping that we would talk about we would explore something
2: well, like that. I mean I honestly wish I had more information on it. I only know that I was at uh, my local comic store, Monster Comic Lounge here in Halifax, the best one,
3: mm-hmm. better than
2: Strange Adventures. Don't believe the hype. Um, and I found a book that was uh it had a Brom cover um of Elric and I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" And uh a bunch of a bunch of like reputable authors had contributed Elric uh short stories
0: interesting
2: did i read them no i think it's called tales of the white wolf maybe
0: tales of the white wolf
2: god maybe i'm crossing witcher swords here i want to say that's what Not it was called
1: white. see this is what white white you guys got to do i'm i'm changing the no, subject
0: you're back. right you're right am i right tales of the white wolf yeah. um elric saga number 6 it also has Kane. It does say that it's by Michael Moorcock, though. Hmm.
1: <laughs> I, I'm I'm taking the I'm taking the topic back to Wild Cards Wait. for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have about 28 books. The most recent one came out in 2020. This is, I just think this is amazing, right? So you're talking about from 1987 was the first one to 2020 was the the most recent. Uh, of more than 40 authors referred to as the Wild Cards Trust, edited by George R.R. R. Martin and co-edited by Melinda M. Snodgrass. This is what you guys got to do. I'm telling you right now. You, you need to create the Rogues in the House Trust
0: yes. of 40 yes. authors. We'll do that. Fine.
1: Go Scott, contact these people.
0: Scott, you're listening. I know yeah. it took you three minutes to figure out how the internet works, but you're listening. So <laughs> let's get in on this. Um but back to tales of the white wolf. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sorry. <about> that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm looking um, at it now. Uh,
0: there is an introduction and an Elric tale by Michael Moorcock, but there's also, let's see, 24, 23 other authors, including Neil Gaiman. Yeah. And Carl Edward Wagner. Carl
2: Wagner, Ted Williams.
0: Yeah. And I know the Wagner one is that Kane story where him and Elric team up to steal a nuclear bomb from a crashed spaceship so Kane can kill a god. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm doing it one more time because this is actually kind of
1: funny. So I'm looking on the (laughs) Wikipedia page, and from 2013 to 2020 are the, the list of the books, right? And in that, it says, um, I'm, I'm looking here, 17 short stories, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Oh, sorry, these are these are short stories. I don't know if they're the full collection. But every one of these that are listed, and there's probably about, I don't know, 10, 10 to 12, uh, was edited by Martin. Okay, so, wow. So, so if you're wondering where I'm the wondering your next, where where your of next Game is. of Thrones is,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Martin, you're not <laughs> listening to this. But <laughs> finish Game of Thrones, man.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm I'm going to say continue on the wild cards. I think that that's, that's cooler. I like it. it I, it's, a, it's a passion project, man. Go for it.
2: Um, <laughs> I just want to uh, dodge back into, or sorry, jump back into uh, one of the listener questions. So this was going off of what Scott had said um, by Dane O'Barr again, and he says should pastiche writers follow the same themes of the original author's work to which I would answer Yes, I think that's the key element. Honestly, is that interesting? Well, I'm not saying um, you. I'm not saying you have to be slavish to it, but sure. Um, I think that like if you're writing something in the Hyborian Age and there's no element of civilization versus barbarism, you might be missing something.
0: Yeah, yeah I can see that. I can see that.
2: Con- contrarily, you could do almost a postmodern thing. Where you deconstruct that idea, or tell a tale where you're sort of hinting at the opposite theme. I mean, if it's well written and you do a good job of that, then then I'm cool with that too.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, I
2: love postmodern stuff. With um, you know, you take something like Watchmen or The Boys, and as we're talking about superhero fiction, and you turn it on its head, that can become very interesting. Um, I would just say with something like Beloved. Like, Howard, and then if you're playing in that sandbox, you don't want to, like, subvert the thing and make it seem stupid. Whatever your new idea is has to, um, I think, tie... It has to present a new idea without insulting the old.
1: To be clear, right. SNS stands for superheroes in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> on kind of the uh, the Elric pastiche note, which I had no idea existed... Mm. I didn't know that there was a Clark Ashton Smith pastiche. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Clark Ashton Smith, but I do like the Hyperborea tales because they are more sword and sorcery. And there is a uh, collection of uh, Clark Ashton Smith Hyperborea pastiche called Mm. Deepest and Darkest Eden. And one of the authors is John Shirley, and I'm 95% sure he has a like an entire Weird Book issue coming out dedicated to him. Is that not is that not right?
2: I believe that is correct. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. The um, issue Weird Book has. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So. I think it's actually. I think it's out actually.
0: Is it? I can't remember. Um. What what I have right now not But uh, yeah, there's that.
2: Um, um, have you guys read any of the pastiche stories, uh, Howard pastiche, that weren't about Conan? Like, did you read uh, the Bran yeah. McMoran ones?
0: Um, I really enjoyed Carl Edward Wagner's Bran Um Legion from the Shadows. Yeah, I
2: really want to get my hands on that.
0: Um, it's good. It's not, it's not um, Howard good, but I love Carl Edward Wagner.
2: Yes, yeah, um, so I I'm actually
0: going to mention, I really wish... Like, there was some Cain pastiche. Mm. Um, Kane didn't have a ton of material. Um,
2: no, but because he's just, timeless, like, you could right. see so many inlets to where you could tell
0: stories about him. Yeah, there's Wiggle Room there where I would accept that. I think that'd be really interesting. Mm. Um, but Legion from the Shadows is really good. Um, I know there's another one. I think it's, like, The Witch in the Mists or yeah,
2: something. Yeah, so I actually just finished that before I started reading... Predator hunting grounds, stalking shadows. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I knocked out uh, David Smith's uh, for the Witch of the Mists. Uh, before that, and actually, it was a lot of fun. Like you, you have Bran McMorn. You know, he kind of visits a witch in a cave, and she gives him a prophecy, which is obviously pretty Bran McMorn. Um, and then he ends up getting. Taken to Rome, and he fights in the arena. And I'm like, you know what? If you're setting it in Rome, and you got Bram McMoran, why not have him? Yeah, go yeah. to The uh, the Circus Maximus, uh, and have him fight it out. So uh, that was a it was a fun book. It was a really quick read. Um, it was so poorly edited though, like copy edited. Like there was just <laughs> so thing. many errors, like several a page. I was like, holy cow, guys! I could have done that.
0: Yeah, is this the same David C. Smith yeah. that write, write like like uh, what Oron and Atoma? He wrote some
2: Red Sonia as well. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, um, cause he had a
0: new book here, like uh, a new like anthology of short stories that came out that was mentioned on that Goodreads mm-hmm. uh, that I uh, that I uh, that I mentioned earlier.
2: Yeah. No, uh, that was the only book I've read of his, but uh, it was it was a fun read, so I'd recommend checking that out.
0: the Legion of Shadows, if I remember right, is a direct uh sequel to um God, I had too many beers and Matt's
2: favorite story, Worms of the Earth.
0: Yeah, yeah, Worms of the Earth. Yeah, Matt's favorite story. Love Uh, that story. uh, it involved like um uh that lost legion. I I I wanna say it's like the twelfth legion or something, the one that like archaeology hasn't found. And it gets like, resurrected from the dead as, like, zombie skeleton legion to help Bran McMorn fight the Romans. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's rad. I see,
2: mean, I, I would love to see a uh, Bran McMorn television series, you know, just because I've seen so many good, uh, you know, Roman... Historical, historical, historical drama stuff, th- yeah. Exactly, yeah. but... Yep.
0: Roman fantasy can be cool.
2: Right, you take the few... Uh, brand tales, adapt them, but add that weird element to a Roman uh, period piece, that could be super cool. And that's that's, that's perfect for pastiche, because you could blend it with, you know, historical elements, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I have also read um, what is it? I think it's called the Death Ship. Oh, the Tower of Death. Sorry. There is a ship in it. Um, it's a It's an Andrew Offit and Keith Taylor book about Cormac McArt,
3: which
0: Mm. appears in a Bran McMoran story.
2: Right. Is that the. So, Howard's got a lot of Cormacs. Uh,
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the one that's in England. Um, The the Bran McMoran story is called The Dark Man.
2: Yeah, 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 okay.
0: The statue that grows and shrinks.
2: Right, so that takes, yeah. place, uh, that takes place beyond, like, Bram McMoran has already died, and then yes, they're yes. speculating that his essence was sort of bestowed into the statue. Mm-hmm. Um, well, exactly. But then he's also got, in Kings of the Night, I think, there's a warrior called Cormac as well. His,
0: the Celts? Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I think um, that
2: if... If you're ever I'm writing a
0: Cormac, too, I think.
2: Yeah, if you're ever writing a pastiche Howard story where you're involving a Cimmerian that isn't Conan and you don't call him Cormac,
0: <laughs>
2: you're done messed up.
0: You're <laughs> done messed
2: up. I think you have to uh-huh. call him Cormac.
0: Interestingly enough, Andrew Offit also wrote several Thieves' World stories. Of course he did. It's a very, very incestuous group, Sword and Sorcery is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh-huh. And only for manly dudes who have maybe no more than 9% body fat.
1: Mm. <laughs> sub 10%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sub, sub 10. It's
2: for men. It's for <laughs> legends. <Out>
0: so. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh. So, I guess, to, to end this off, I guess I had a question, and, you know, if, if Alex wants to answer this through the lens of gaming, because we haven't talked about that at all, that's fine. Um, if you were to create and or write a pastiche of whatever, be it Conan or Elric or D&D, how would you approach it? What is your, what would be your philosophy when sitting down to do this?
2: And who would you choose?
0: Would I choose?
2: I think Look, you gotta answer both of those.
0: Well, I mean, it if you're have given to be, the
2: keys to the kingdom here.
0: Yeah, does so, it have to be a character or can it be a it does not? Setting? Right. It can be, a setting, can be a setting. Yeah, I
2: mean who or which setting would you choose is right. the interesting question.
0: Man, um, if I had to go character, personally, I would do El Borak. Um, hmm. I know that's not sword and sorcery, but I also love the historical adventure stuff. Um, and I think El Borak deserves more love. Um, and I have tweeted Fred Malmberg that about a dozen times, um, but if I had to choose a setting, I would like the Hyborian Age, but I would not use Conan because I think that's dangerous territory. Personally, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to step in that shoes. I'm not Scott Odin.
3: Yeah, that
2: would be tricky. I don't know that I would. Uh... I I would like to write in High Barring Age as well, but I wouldn't want Conan to be... I certainly wouldn't want Conan as my point-of-view character. Yeah. That's too much, man. That's like a crown of iron.
0: (laughs) One of my strategies, I think, um, if I were to do it, I would look at um, the Modiphius RPG pre-generated characters Mm. and use one of those backstories. Um, For one of those characters, and and make a and, and make a, ta- a tale off a character established in the Modiphius RPG. I think that'd be fun. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I would go if
1: I had to pick a character, and I'll keep it to Howard. Uh, I am going to go Solomon Kane.
2: I could see you. You nice. like Solomon Kane? Yeah. Mean, you're a New England guy, and
1: yeah, I'm, I'm a Puritan at heart. Lovecraft. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, as far as a setting is concerned, I find that actually harder because I'm so torn between so many different things. Um, pass. 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 I don't know that I would go. I don't. If I had to pick a setting, I was going to be tr- really true to myself. I don't know that it would be a sword and sorcery setting. I think. Mm, uh, sure. I think right now, I'm feeling a, a bunch of other different things, and I would probably yeah. play in somebody else's sandbox.
0: Sure, makes sense.
2: Yeah, I would probably say the same just because I feel like I have scratched the itch a little bit in that I've had the opportunity to get some things in print um, that are kind of playing in the pastiche. That's
0: yeah. What? You wanna write some predator pastiche. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Some
2: predator pastiche. <laughs> hey man. Yeah, uh, listen, stalking shadows part two, Matt Matthew John. Let's go. Uh, no, but I mean, honestly, if I had any choice, uh, I mean, I'd love to play around with something in the alien setting. I wouldn't choose Predator.
1: Uh, yeah, 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 I,
2: I would either. choose something.
1: It, Star. I would love to do Star Wars, like it, it, either in gaming or let's pretend that I was a good writer. Uh, I would do it as in that. I just and I know that that's well overplayed, but man, it's just so good. Gotta be true so you, much, man. Yeah, it's just so yeah. good.
0: Star yeah. Wars has such a vast, like, infinite number of possibilities. Like, you could write any kind of novel in yeah. Star Wars, and it'd be fine.
2: Actually, I heard recently. Um, I read a story that there were they were um, bringing out. Oh, I don't know if they're re-releasing or they're releasing new versions of a, a star wars horror stories so they basically are doing star wars horror fiction which to me seems like kind of wrong in one way but also very interesting so it wrong it's right yeah exactly
1: i mean i it, love that that's the thing I, I love that idea you can do anything right and and actually interestingly one of my covid projects was i watched everything on disney plus that was Star Wars related. I've seen, at this point, I have seen all animated, every animated thing that is available on there. And what I found was interesting was the animated series of Resistance um, is the one in, you know, the newer trilogy. Uh, But they're basically like World War II pilot stories. Wow. More or less, right? Like, it's basically a, a squadron. It was, you know, obviously it's Star Wars, but it was inspired by, like, World War II stories. That's so rad. like i I just I don't I find to to your point, Logan, right? It's yeah. really you can pick anything and kind of squeeze it in there.
0: I like well. that um a lot um gosh, I can't remember what the author or who the author was, but there is a Conan pastiche um and I believe it's called Conan the Warrior, and it is a Vietnam story um, it might not be Conan the Warrior. Um, Conan, um, I'm going to have to do some research, Um, but it is a pastiche, and Charles Saunders actually wrote a piece, um, like a little review of it for, um, what is it, Blackgate, Blackgate Magazine? Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, the Blackgate. That's
0: where I I first came across it, and it is, um, it's just a Vietnam story, but it's Hyborian age, and it has Conan in it. And I think that's a super interesting way.
3: Uh, Who to... wrote it? So Who wrote that's...
0: I'm, I'm trying to find it. I, I hate to like just pause my myself. No, no, I'll,
1: I'm going to talk while you while you look. That, yeah, that's yeah, that's,
0: our, that's our guy Scott
1: Odin, right? Like he's a historical writer. That's true. Yeah. By by his own state, by his own words, really. He he takes a very historical approach, and he felt felt that that Howard took a very historical approach, right? So I mean that is where you get a lot of these juicy stories. And if you watch mm. anything and read any history, there's all these weird, cool things that like you can, if you turn it on its head, put it in a fantasy setting of some sort, you get a really cool thing.
2: Well, exactly. Listen. Apocalypse Now is Heart of Darkness. It's set Heart of in Darkness. Vietnam.
0: Right, right. Um, I mean, it, the story it. is Conan the Hero, or the novel is Conan the Hero, and it's by Leonard Carpenter. Now, Leonard Carpenter doesn't have the best reputation as Conan Pastiche goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Charles Saunders liked this, and he did go to say that he enjoyed it more because there is, um, I want to say it's a Cushite character that is like the, the, not even the sidekick, like the co-hero in it. And as mm-hmm. you know, Charles Saunders wrote Amaro and his... Uh, the uh, progenitor of Sword and Soul, Um, but ultimately he said it was an enjoyable read, and it is, like, hardcore Vietnam story to the point where, like, I think, um, based on Charles's review, um, Conan is, like, set up as, um, like, like, he's the hero, but it's, like, a propaganda piece, which is a very Vietnam kind of thing. Sure yeah like how propaganda
2: um, like thanking the taliban at the end of rambo 3 propaganda or
0: um like uh like they do some heroic stuff and they become like the poster child of this war between Tehran and um another country i can't remember what it is um kind of like i would want to say um almost like starship troopers kind of thing oh would you like to know more <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I would like to know whether the only good bug is a dead bug or not. <laughs>
0: uh.
1: Do you remember? Do you remember that story? Uh, I'm going to go into the history thing again, just to sort of prove the point of, of like, <laughs> I think history is the best the, the best sandbox to play in, and then just apply it to whatever setting you want. Sure. How uh, I was telling you the other day about uh, the World War Two, World War One thing, the the story about when uh, the, when the Germans in World War Two took paris right they rolled out the uh basically the stage car uh that they were forced to sign the uh the ar- the uh, i'm gonna screw it up now um is it armistice anyway to, to sign there I'm, I'm forgetting the term uh, when, you, when you basically capitulate to, um, I can remember the word capitulate, but I can't remember the other word that I'm looking for, uh, to, the other, to the other army, right? Uh, so uh, they roll out the, sta- the same stage card that they signed it in in World War II and forced the French to sign it in, in, the, in, World War, in World War II. I think I said that wrong. Germany signed it in World War I. They forced France to sign it in World War II. Which, if you took that story, that little just like tiny little kernel and put that into some sort of political intrigue plot, like that's a great scene yeah. right there, there yeah. just steal in any sort of uh, fantasy setting.
0: And on a similar note with the history, I used to work for the State Department um, and I gave tours of the, um, I want to call it natural treasury, but it's not like an actual treasury. It's where we keep all the relics of the United States and one of the stops on the little tour in this vault was a painting of the signing of the Declaration, and all the Americans are painted, but the British are all just sketches? Because the British didn't show up for the painting. You know? <laughs> like, that's, that's fascinating history. That's great. Like, um, and on a similar note, I am also fascinated with the idea of taking stories that are not in the genre and changing them to another genre. Yeah. And I'm gonna go back to Conan the Rogue by John and John Maddox Roberts because it is a retelling of Red Harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, which is um God, the detective short story guy was his name. Um, help me guys. Red Harvest. By the it's, way, the word uh, was Dashel Hammett, Dashel Hammett, the original hardboiled uh, detective guy. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Which is also the basis for Yojimbo and um, the first Dollars Trilogy movie. So, like, oh. it's a hard-boiled detective story, but it's been made into a samurai story, a sword and sorcery story, and a western story. And
1: that idea fascinates me. Yeah, Dashiell oh, Hammond so. is uh, Maltese Falcon, too, right? Correct. Yeah, yes. I love Maltese Falcon. Great,
2: great, great, great. Star Wars is based on... Kurosawa's hidden fortress
0: mm-hmm. yes exactly. Amo- exactly
2: among other th- among other things by, I, by I the
0: way taken from a historical japan or Samurai's movie
2: yes, yeah.
0: the word was armistice I,
2: thank I, you
1: I was right I just it's couldn't good. remember if I was <laughs> right so but. some big google foo yeah,
2: yeah, well, gentlemen, I mean it's been a time,
0: yeah, I yeah. think we've uh, Feel like we good. don't we
2: don't want to rob people of more of their time. I mean,
0: no, yeah. and we've hit our usual stopping point.
2: Did we? Good job. So I just want everyone to know you don't have to reach a particular level of body fat out there. Um, sword and sorcery is for everybody. Um, you can have your opinions on it. You don't have to act like you're super hard online. Um, I feel like you should just calm down a bit. And I got called a. Uh, what was it the other day? It made me laugh really hard. Uh, a monarchy lover, because I'm Canadian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like this
2: world has gone crazy. I'm yeah, I'm in love with just, that monarchy, yeah. bro.
0: Yeah. Earlier this week, I was called um, a name and not repeat on air um, because we were walking out of like a used clothing store, and this couple had stolen a bunch of stuff and ran out. And while I admit I was not the sneakiest person ever, because I was trying to get their license plate so I could tell the security guy or the manager or whatever, and then the guy saw me and he called me a nasty name because I was trying to, like, report him for stealing.
2: You failed your, uh, your, your skill check. Yeah, my skill
1: check. Was the word vigilante?
0: That, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't help that my perception skill is super low.
1: <laughs> Did you at least get the license?
0: I did. I did get all the right, license.
1: So, so your perception um, wasn't low. It was okay. it
0: a lot of focus, which is so, why I failed to okay. step. Yeah, what
2: was right. the license? Let's hear it on air. <laughs> I,
0: I <don't> <laughs> yeah, let's call <laughs> uh, <laughs> them. The chance of that particular person um, even knowing what sor- <laughs> sorcery is as a genre is probably low. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, shall we wrap it? We should. Okay. So... Regardless of your body fat, uh, <laughs> sword and sorcerer is for everyone, just like McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, as we say, mayor' swords, always remain sharp.